0: Good morning and welcome to Monday Mornings with Margie. I am really excited about the person we will be speaking with today. Um, she is a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Uh, her name is Kylene St. And I am gonna let
1: her, um, Kylene, introduce herself to us. Okay, thanks Margie. So I'm um, Kylene St. I'm originally from Connecticut, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, where I grew up. Um, I'm African-American. I married a Haitian um, American man. That's why my last name, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it used to be Holmes. Um, that's my maiden name. And I've been in practice in mental health for probably over 15 years um, in various aspects, but mainly in, in the clinical realm for about 15 years.
0: Great. Well, I'm I'm excited, you know, to talk about this topic. I mean, I think that um it, it's a a topic that needs to be discussed more. Um and I'm happy that you were willing to come on and one of our focuses today is going to be um or our primary focus is going to be on mental health um in uh minority or or community communities of color or more vulnerable populations. Um and uh, I guess the first question I wanted to kind of, you know, segue in with is how do you see being part of a minority group? How do you, uh, how do you see it contributing to increased stress or mental health issues within that population?
1: Well, um, you know, when you read about statistics, because that's, you know, what you learn in a school, and you also see it in your community, that the majority... Um, Of African American or people of color, brown, um, yellow, you know, whatever the minority is, they tend to have a lot of disparities, whether it's um, economic, they make less. Um, Black men make um, about 13,000 average less than um, their counterparts, Caucasian men. So when you think about just from an economic standpoint, um, you know, you have to be able to afford things, you know, to take care of your family be able to afford to um, buy things, just um, maintain healthcare, things like that. So there's definitely increased stress when you worry about taking care of your home and taking care of your household, Um, a lot of people are raised by single parents or you know, a lot of um, divided families. So there's a lot of reasons for people to have stress and um, you know, difficulties with mental health.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do you see the lack of resources or access to quality healthcare um, impact people? or this this population because I mean mm-hmm. what we can tell at, at least right now in the middle of COVID is you know yeah. we are seeing disparities uh, yeah. in healthcare. Um yeah. and uh, and so it we can't really deny it anymore as a country. Um, and so how do you see that um, affecting also people, you know, with their general health but also the mental their mental health.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, in the African-American community, um, you know, my experience, I've seen there's a lot of stigma with mental health and people are are leery of seeking out help and going to providers. There's a lot of um, history involved in that. You know, you go back in time where there's, mistrust there's things that have happened to either family members people were sterilized there are people you know tuskegee reports there's lots of reasons for people to be fearful of health care so that's one barrier that we find the other um barrier is health care you know having access to insurance a lot of people are underinsured or uninsured or you know they have the bare minimum. So they're not able to do things like get dental care or, you know, have their eyes checked. Just basic things are not done and they're not prioritized when you have to pay bills or go to the dentist. You know, it's not something that's prioritized and that does impact health and impacts how you perceive health. You may not perceive it as a necessity. It doesn't become a necessity until it is a necessity. Now you've got acute issues. So that's one of the things, it's um, knowledge. The one of the, the things I find if people don't value, you know, things like going to see a primary care doctor every year or taking that medication, especially if you have side effects from it and you told the doctor and the doctor hasn't changed it, you know, there's a cycle here of, you know, not necessarily having providers listen to them, not having trust in the system and also not valuing the system and you know the benefits that you gain from it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I also think about when sort of, uh, like I'll just use myself for an example, when I'm under a lot of stress for whatever reason in my life, um, and right now with COVID is a great example, I think we're all personally uh, under stress with COVID, managing children, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, managing your job, whatever the case is, you find that others, that things that you may have prioritized before isn't a priority to you anymore. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking on a regular basis, if you're having trouble with money or you're having trouble with it within your workplace or you, you're lacking resources, then your focus is on those areas where you're lacking resources And you're putting your energy there. So whether you make it to a dental appointment or whether you go to therapy once a week, no longer seems like a priority because you're just trying to do the other things that you need to, to get by.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: So I, you know, I think a lot about that right now, where where (laughs) a lot of us are trying to, you know, manage all the different stressors going on, um, including our health. Mm -hmm. So and you would kind of touched on my next question a little bit. Um, and I think this is interesting because I don't know the exact statistics, but I know that um, it, it varies obviously from state to state, but often the um, percentage of healthcare providers, or if we just even think within mental health providers, mm-hmm. race related to that of people coming in for treatment, often uh, don't match up. So yeah. there's more white providers um, than there are providers of color. Um, cool. So one of the things I was thinking about um, was, you know, how does the lack of diversity uh, in healthcare providers or in mental health providers specifically um, impact the trust um, and or perceived or real quality of care being delivered, and I think you touched upon this, but I'm, I'm interested to get a little more of your thoughts on
1: that. Well, there's no kind of blanket answer for that because, sure. as you know, I, I read in the news recently, um, there were a couple of women that ended up um, passing away after childbirth. You know, so black women are more, you know, predisposed to um, having premature death as a result of pregnancy, um, and that is. You know, there's a lot of reasons that could be behind that, Uh, whether they were seeing a Black provider, white provider, I'm not quite sure. Um, And I think I try to stay as optimistic as possible. And, you know, you could match me up with 20 African-American clients, and it doesn't mean that my care is going to be any different than 20 other, you know, non-African-American psych nurse practitioners and I, I, tr- I try to treat all my clients the same as far as, you know, quality care, and I, I think that's what we need to strive towards, whether we find a provider that matches everything we check off is not as important as if they match what we need. Okay, so we were
0: talking a little bit about um, the effects of they're not being as diverse of a healthcare care system um, of providers and how that affects trust and perceived, you know, or maybe real quality of care provided. Um, and then we had a wifi issue. So um, if you wanted to talk a little bit more about that again, around, um, you know, what, what your thoughts are on
1: that. And I mean, we know that there, there's definitely, um, A a deficit when it comes to having a diverse um, pool of providers that we can maybe refer if a client you may not necessarily think um, is a good match. But, you know, as I was saying, I definitely think that as a provider, you can have all of the, you know, population that is the same, you know, race or uh, identify, you know, background as yourself it doesn't necessarily equate to the care it might help with understanding some of the the issues but I feel as providers you know we have a responsibility to just to educate ourselves to train ourselves to learn about the backgrounds when a patient comes in and you know they are not taking the medications and they're reporting you know issues that you've talked with them a thousand times about, you know, it's the time to say, okay, why is this happening? What is the reason for this to, instead of, you know, judging or assuming, but to really try to assess, you know, what you can do as a provider to help this client to get to a state of, of better well being.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And interestingly at achieve, we just actually did with all our employees, Uh, a training on unconscious bias and diversity and inclusion. And I think it's those kind of trainings that also help all of us um, to understand uh, what maybe some of our own implicit biases are that might affect us as providers because everybody has them. (laughs) Um, And it doesn't make you bad if you have them, it's how do you become aware of them and then what do you do with that, you know? (laughs) So I think, you know, I think it's important for all providers to be open to that idea and figure out how to improve themselves in their work um, that they're providing. So I'll wrap things up with this. I was thinking about what do you think, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about that, but how do you think we uh, improve resources uh, and cultivate you know, culturally, culturally competent providers, um, how do we help? I mean, it's kind of a big question, but what changes do you think we can make within mental health to help people in these communities feel more supported um, or more likely to seek out help? Mm-hmm. I think I don't think we're gonna answer like solve no, the problem. No, no, no. but just curious <laughs> on some of your thoughts. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think we should elicit it from our clients, you know, because we can't just assume that okay, they're African American, they're gonna need this or they're gonna need that. You know, everybody, even within the African American community, there's all different you know makeups. There's the Caribbean, there's African um, from actually Africa. I mean, there's so many different diversities within cultures that you can't just assume you're going to know. So you want to talk to your client. You want to ask them to give you some of the information and you know, continually assess how you're responding to their needs. And that may be, like you said, this training every year. This may also be having a network of other providers. I mean, every provider that you associate with should not look like yourself. You should have a broad, diverse, I mean, that's really, um, you know, the scope of your abilities is how diverse are you? You really should have a broad range of, you know, colleagues that you consult and, you know, appreciate their, their feedback and you coordinate care with, so. Sure. There's lots of things as providers we can do and should do. Right.
0: And I think you've raised a really good
1: point. I think that um,
0: one of the things I'm learning more about is, um, as I educate myself, is often within the white community, things are more individualized. And often in communities of color, things are more generalized. And so I think that you speak to the individuality of people of color and not just clumping people of color into one group, because we don't do that with all white people. Um, and so I think there's having the appreciation of identifying maybe the racial background, but then within that racial background is a whole other uh different pieces of the person that make that person, different experiences those pers- that person has had in their life that have shaped who they are sitting in front of you. And so I think you speak to that in a very, um, a, a very eloquent, eloquent way and it helps, I think, us think outside the box more. So, and that's what I was hoping to do by having this discussion. This is a much longer discussion than 20 minutes. Um, and I, and I totally appreciate that. But I think having, starting these conversations, putting them out there and having other people maybe continue those conversations is my goal with these meetings. So mm-hmm. um, I thank you for your time today. You too. Thank you. And um, thank you to all of you who are watching or listening. And I hope you all have a great week and take
1: care.